Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. An insatiable demand in the housing market right now causing sales to skyrocket. That from one prominent housing expert. As new home sales soared 19% over last year. But builders are struggling mightily to meet the demand. The cost of lumber keeps going up and up, and there's a giant labor shortage. Now for solutions. Instead of building the house, just print it. Somebody 3D printed an entire home? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a, oh, here's a report breaking it down. It may look like toothpaste, but this 3D printing technology is spitting out a 1,900-square-foot house. The concrete foundation, interior and exterior walls, and utility conduits. This is the final product. We're trying to build houses uh, in half the time for half the price. New York-based SQ4D printed the model home in about two days with barely three workers, and it's cheap. Our profits will be higher, and we will be able to show that with more projects that we do. How do you sell a 3D printed house? I'd like to think it sells itself. The company now has the permits to build on this site down the road. The first 3D printed home for sale to the public. 1,500 square feet, three bedrooms, two baths, listed at just under $300,000. That's about half the price of a comparable new home in the area. The offers are in the thousands. We are getting, people, people are seeing the price across the nation and loving that. And there is so much demand for this house that the builder is actually already getting offers from developers who want to put up entire 3D printed home communities, not just here in New York, but all across the country. I hate TV newscasters. Oh. Their tone makes me insane. Well, um, th- that was such an intriguing story done so poorly. Yeah, I know. I just... Anyway, let's not they, they no, get hung up not, on that. They get it's... hung up on their childish wonder at everything, and they always have to use that tone of voice. Ah. Anyway, um, uh, when I when I first heard the story, I thought, okay, it's one of those tiny homes, and it's kind of a home. No, it's a full-on house. It looks wow. like a house. Well, yeah, and yeah. you know the the one they talked about, nineteen hundred square foot. That's a full-on home, and half the time at half the price, printed in two days with three workers. That's, that's... something. That's amazing. And why wouldn't the materials we use and the techniques we use to build houses evolve? Of course. And everything. Can we see one in an earthquake first? <laughs> and everything would be exactly uniform size, I'm sure. And every fit, everything would fit together just perfectly, I would guess. Well, as young Sean points out there, if the TV journalist hadn't just been selected for her white teeth, perky smile, and firm buttocks, um, and indeed was a real journalist, she would have said, well, how durable is it? How are the insulation properties? Will utilities be similar? Uh, can somebody kick down this wall and walk in and take all my stuff? Yes, yeah, so there's a number of questions that pop to mind. Yeah, mine. Like, so are they using 3D printed the plastic two by fours instead of wooden two by fours? And if so, how? It's not even really two by fours. It, it it kind of just layers its paste back and forth on top of itself oh. until you have a wall. Huh? Because I'm getting... I'm not living in a damn toothpaste house. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right tone. Said a belligerent, <laughs> idiotic neighbor. <laughs> as I much as living I... in some toothpaste house. <laughs> um, this <is> America. <laughs> we're getting our bathroom remodeled right now, which is a uh, is a because I had to, we had mold and had to have the entire bathroom torn out. I'm sure. not the I'm not the remodeling type. 
I've never gotten tired of the look of a room in my entire life. I, I don't, don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means either, but it means a lot to most of you, and thank God it keeps the economy humming. But, um, but Ladies, just for the record, I personally like to see the towels changed out, <laughs> the the draperies. It's just We need to freshen this room. <sighs> I, yeah, again, I, like Sean said, I don't, know, I, I don't even know what that means. But you're probably the sort that would live in a toothpaste house. <laughs> I got to see, you know, I'm seeing the inside of the home. I was just walking through it yesterday with all the two-by-fours and in there and the flooring and everything like that. And the idea of that being printed out by a 3D printer, my best experience with the 3D printer is these awards that I hold in my hands right here. They look like Oscars. There are Gavin Newsom awards that we give to bad politicians. But Mm -hmm. these were 3D printed, and they're amazing. Um, It certainly opened my eyes to what can be done. And amateurs did this at home. So I'm, sure, I'm certain if you've got a much better 3D printer, like I assume they're using for building these houses, and yeah. these are experts, sure, yeah. I, it's probably the future of building everything. Sean, my boy, why don't you take a minute or two, if you have a moment, and see if you can find a good, solid, journalistic uh, description of this house and its uh, you know, its pluses and minuses, and we'll post that for folks at armstrongandgetty.com. Give us 10 minutes. We'll get that up there for you. Like I know in the um in the world of guitar building, for whatever reason, I pay a lot of attention to luthiery people who are luthiers, and there there has been a battle for quite a few years as computers have gotten better, better and better and better. Of you know who's better, a, a a craftsman who's honed his craft over years with his with his with his tools and his sandpaper and everything like that, or a computer. And and the reality just is is that the computer machines cutting things out to you know. A, to, to do a thousandth of a millimeter are just better than artisans are at this point at everything. And if that do is I, true to do me... Do I have to say it? Are you going to make me say it? I'll say it. I'm not playing no damn toothpaste guitar. <laughs> if computers can more accurately cut out you know things and get them the exact thickness and width and everything, th- that's the future. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's something okay. cool about craftsmen making things with their hands, but... Well, yeah, I I don't know. I would have to hear, uh, I guess I would have to see some comparisons, some side by side. I, I do not relish a future where the time, care, and, and, and love poured into, say, a musical instrument is replaced by uh, software. I just, I don't it know. It seems I, wrong. I understand it hurts my soul. Yes. But the logical part of me understands why, yeah, that makes perfectly good sense. Yeah. That it would replicate. You can, you can take a, for instance, you could do a, uh, a computer imaging of a, a Stradivarius violin, get the dimensions exactly the same, and have a computer do that. You know, or, or with anything, anything you're talking about. And that um, would free up human beings to have more time to stare at screens and take opioids. <laughs> Look at porn and take exactly. painkillers. <laughs> yeah. It's the brave new world. <laughs> Uh, so we were going to talk about this uh, horrible woman near a Tandon who is uh, nominated to be the director of the Office of Management and Budget, which is a hugely important uh, post in the uh, administration, though it is a somewhat obscure post. Uh, we'll talk about her in a couple of minutes. We don't really have time to launch into it right now. Can we do this just because I want to? It's a, a, a montage. I don't know. Do we pay the, play the Peter Ducey report or just... The Biden administration is putting immigrant kids who they invited to come to the country 
making it clear we're not going to deport anybody. We're going to let people in to pursue asylum. We're going to overturn everything the evil, evil Trump administration has done. And so the coyotes and the would-be immigrants and the crooked politicians of Central America said, okay, here we come. And now they're coming by the thousands. And so the Biden administration's putting the kids in the very same facilities that the Trump administration did. Of course, the coverage is completely different. Uh, but here's here's a montage you may enjoy. Clip number 46. This was obviously before they took power. I don't believe we're a nation that thinks it's okay to put kids in cages on the border. They've been putting babies in cages in the border and calling that border security when what it is is a human rights abuse being committed by the United States government. Here, here's what I'm going to do as president. I'm going to make sure that we find we end every executive order this president, Trump, has instituted. No longer are we going to have kids in cages and separated from their parents. How phony is politics? That phony. <sighs> yeah. The It's not similar facilities. It's the exact same place. Right. 600 right. kids have showed up at the border since Biden became president, and you got to put them somewhere and hold them until you figure out what to do with them, and they put them in this exact same place. By the way, same place they were putting when Obama was president and George Bush was president. The idea being, you have to keep other people away from them, and if you've taken responsibility for them, you can't let them wander off, because then you'll be held responsible for them disappearing. It's not cages, per se. It's secure facilities. Part of the reason we're doing this is uh, Congress has not gotten together and uh, come up with a better plan. Right. So presidents are just doing the best they can with executive orders and workarounds. The problem the Biden administration is going to have is he's sending the message that it's easier to get in now. You're welcome. And he's going to have a lot more of these to deal with. Now, he did get some uh, guff from AOC yesterday when she came out and said this was bad when Trump did it. It's bad when you're doing it. So, you know, while the Washington Post headlines might be a little different, AOC's treating it the same way. Yeah, although AOC treats it with the understanding of a 16-year-old high school girl. They're no human being is illegal. They're just, they just want a better life. You have to let them in. Turn them loose. Give oh, I, them every taxpayer benefit you can imagine. Oh, I, I get it. I don't, I don't agree with her policy on the border, but he is going to have a... I'm just saying he's going to have a political problem on how, on how to deal with this. Right, right. So we have four-star-level hypocrisy going on here in the nomination of Nira Tandon to the Office of Management and Budget. She's probably not going to get through, but some of the quotes that were flying around Washington, D.C. are kind of fun and worth playing, so get to that in a moment. I don't know anything else you're hot to trot for there, Jack. I'll tell you what, I'll be dead in the ground before I live in a toothpaste house. I ain't living in some damn toothpaste house. <laughs> Thank you, colorful local man. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Nira Tandon would be a superb budget director. She'd be one of the most outstanding budget directors we've had. She knows policy. She knows all the how to get something done in Washington. I'm not saying she's a smoked turkey, but the smoker's warming up. Her tweets. Uh, are the manifestation of an attitude that concerns both Democrats and Republicans. All right, Senator Kennedy. Oh, boy. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to say something really colorful and quirky. Yeah, we know you are. (laughs) 
<laughs> we know you. I just asked you what time it was. <laughs> I'm not uh, saying she's a smoked turkey. All right. Yeah. Okay. Super. So this woman, she was a Clinton Nate. Clintonite attack dog tweeted viciously about all sorts of Republicans for years, including like Susan Collins of Maine. <laughs> Who's angry at her? And then tweets that she's an idiot and the rest of it. And then she, you know, she gets nominated. She's got to go in front of these very same people. Yeah. Um, the weird thing about this to me though is because Twitter exists, then you don't. So people have been saying these sorts of things forever and then becoming part of a cabinet, right? Yeah, and and now Maybe that not I think about it, it I mean, public, but how many people were paying attention to her Twitter feed? So she could have been going, you know, forty years ago, she'd have been going around D.C. saying this sort of stuff. Everybody knows she has this attitude, but you yeah. would get to be in the cabinet. But now, because it's in a tweet, you don't. That just I don't understand really what the difference is. Well, the the, the difference is that tweets are intentionally public. I mean, they're the one thing they are hundred percent is public. Um. But it it reminds me more of like on the campaign trail. You could say my opponent is in the clutches of big business and cannot be trusted with the keys to the office. And then your best friends, you know, as soon as the election's right. over. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, there's a whole lot of hypocrisy about. Uh, well, the, uh, Trump tweeted. Well, blah blah blah. Okay, well, you know, this woman's horrible and everybody doesn't like her. And as Glenn Greenwald puts it, uh, she's not uh, not a good person anyway. Glenn Glenn, Glenn Greenwald goes on. Nira Tandon comes from the Hillary Clinton wing. She's basically a Hillary apparatchik. That's where she got her start. It's not mean tweet. She's just a vicious defamer. She goes around slandering everybody the way other people change their socks. And she's not so much a leftist as she is a corporatist. She spent the last several years raising money from Silicon Valley, from Wall Street, from the United Arab Emirates, one of the most oppressive regimes on the planet, for her think tank and then censoring her employees who wrote against them. She's really like the worst embodiment of Washington's sleaze, which is why she's earned so much enmity on the left and the right. Yeah, I'm too cynical. She done. I'm too cynical. I think all these, so many of these people are probably like that. I just, you know, I'm fine with her not making the cut, but. Sure, sure. Most of these people are probably the embodiment of Washington's sleaze. Sure. But, Go and never darken our towels again, Ms. Tandon. Uh, two things. One. Oh, I'm sorry. One more note. Uh, all the lefties are trying to portray it as some sort of anti-Indian American uh, racism. People fighting her nomination. Eric Swalwell claiming, how can I tell little girls of Indian descent in my district that they have the same opportunities as a white man? I can't. All right. All right. So two quick things. I watched the video of the 3D printed home. It looks completely legit. That's the future of at least inexpensive homes, maybe all homes. But it's it that's for real, uh, no doubt. So okay. I, I haven't found an article comparing and contrasting two traditional homes, but it's not uh, the the 3D thing they're using to print it. It's concrete. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're layering concrete on top of itself to yeah, make it. So it's it's definitely legit. It's so Plato. Okay. Um. So there's that. Also, one of the headlines of the day, the fascination with Donald Trump. Um, he, he might There might be reason to be fascinated with Donald Trump back in the news. We're going to tell you what Mitt Romney had to say yesterday about Trump being president again. You might be amazed. So we'll get to that coming up. But um, So the district of, uh, so what, what do they call it? The, the, the Southern New York 
quadrant, got Trump's taxes officially today. Million pages of Trump's taxes, and that's so many headlines, so many places. Why do you care about this? You want the private individual Trump to be punished if he overinflated his hotel properties at some point? Okay, if he did, whatever, you know, I don't know. He should follow the law, and if he didn't... I don't. I don't understand. This is a political story, really. Uh, it's just. It, it's just they're horny for it on the left. The potential prosecution, imaginary chance of a prosecution of a hotelier down the road someday is completely unrelated to being president and all that sort of right. stuff. Just exactly. Yeah. I, 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 that. That's how fixated they are. I think. I feel like they are less interested in trying to catch him in tax cheat quote-unquote stuff and more interested in finding out are you the businessman you said you were what what how much are you worth they 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 that's yeah the, we've we've talked to a yeah. number of different tax people it's going to be very difficult to figure out what he's worth based on his taxes no matter how many pages they have yeah, so. but a lot of people don't know that though yeah. well no yeah. most people don't know anything about the whole tax thing which is what's so maddening about this story is i've heard it reported so many times donald trump of course as we know did not pay taxes for the years of blah blah okay well that's because you get to write off losses that's the way the tax law works every business person does it if you don't like it write your congressman by the way all the rich democrat congress people do exactly the same thing so why are you acting like trump did something horrible by not paying taxes and writing off his taxes what are you supposed to voluntarily pay more than you owe stop it if you don't think it should be that way change the laws but shut up about it and brian williams probably does the same thing with uh, you know his wife's business but acts like he's aghast what did mitt romney say about trump yesterday stay tuned armstrong and getty The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I don't know if he'll run in 2024 or not, but if he does, I'm pretty sure he will win the nomination. I I look at the polls, and the polls show that among the names being floated as potential contenders in 2024, if you put President Trump in there among Republicans, he wins in a landslide. No, look, I'm glad President Trump is speaking at CPAC. I happen to be speaking right before him. I'm looking forward to this Sunday. He's going to give a great speech. And President Trump is the leader of our party. And that is a darn good thing. How is he not the leader of the party based on all the polling? And that's Mitt Romney there that you just heard. Senator Mitt Romney, who does not like Trump at all, but saying, yeah, Trump would get the nomination. Sure. If he ran. It's a really interesting guy. because He's one of the few people in politics, and I know some of you love him, some of you hate him, but he's one of the few people who will go ahead and say, the thing I don't want to be true is clearly true. Mm-hmm. He won't try to spin the crap out of it and, you know, claim that the pigs can fly. Now, the whole Trump is the leader of our party, statistically, I, I certainly think he is. Um, but yesterday you had two of the leaders of the Republican Party, Kevin McCarthy and Liz Cheney, both ask the same question about whether or not Trump should speak at the CPAC gathering. And this is uh, how it went. Do you believe President Trump should be speaking or former President Trump should be speaking at CPAC this weekend? Yes, he should. Congresswoman Cheney? Uh, that's up to CPAC. I've, I've been clear in my views about uh, President Trump and, and the extent to which following, the extent to which following January 6th, uh, I don't. I don't believe that he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. On that high note, thank you all very much. <laughs> and Kevin McCarthy shut his eyes and kind of had a look uh, on his face when she said President Trump should not be. 
part of the future of the GOP or this country. Kevin McCarthy kind of closed his eyes and had that look of, oh, boy, it's going to be a long day. And such then, a good day. And then when he said uh, on that high note, and everybody kind of laughed, he walked away from her, didn't even glance at her. Mm-mm. Didn't even glance at the woman he was up there at the podium with for whatever they were doing. Didn't even look at her, just walked away. Thanks for the headache, Polly Principal. But she was up for re-election as a leader of the party and won going away when Uh it was a secret vote. So you got that angle, too, which is really interesting. Sure. I can explain it to you. It's easy. There is a range, there are a range of attitudes about Trump from wildly enthusiastic to, oh, for God's sake, go down to Florida and stay there um, within the GOP. And there are a full range of public pronouncements about Trump and the GOP. And I don't think there's any relationship between the true attitudes and the, and the statements being made publicly. And that behind closed doors vote uh, proves it. Um, so it's just got to work itself out. I mean, this is a bumpy road for the Republican Party, no doubt. How much do a lot of media heavyweights secretly want Trump to be in the mix? And still With be. every fiber of them. Right. I would say they they had that same impulse pre-2016 as well. Yeah, and the amount of free media he will get for anything he wants to do going forward. Uh, TMZ out with this headline just a minute ago. Actually, 19 seconds ago, according to the Twitter. Now it's 49 wow. seconds ago. All right, um, what did they say? <laughs> Donald Trump cracked... Now it's 53 seconds ago, thanks to you. <laughs> Donald Trump cracked a fat joke with golf legends at a private ceremony the day after the insurrection. (laughs) Not a fat joke. What? (laughs) He cracked a fat joke the day after the insurrection. It just shows he wasn't taking it seriously or something. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. News? So there you go. I think Mitt Romney, I think think those those are big deals. I think Mitt Romney's right. A uh, lot can change in uh, in you know between twenty twenty four. On one hand, twenty twenty four is a full three and a half years away. On the other hand, the whole you know nomination process, running for president thing, starts in like a year and a half. So, right, right. Uh, the only way I see Trump running, and you heard it here first, is it's a Donald Trump Donald Trump ticket. The Donald and Donald Jr. Oh, wow. Trump wins, <clears throat> gets inaugurated, resigns pretty quickly, and lets Donald Jr. run the show. Because I don't think Donald J. wants the gig again. The only I way. Think, uh, I don't think he wants to do the job. The only way you'd stop Trump from winning is if you narrowed it down to like a candidate. The, the, the Republicans would kind of have to do what the Democrats did to stop Bernie. And Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren, they would have to like behind the scenes decide, okay, we got to pick a guy and go with him, Joe Biden, and put everything into that. That's the only way you'd do it. Cause if you have the vote spread among a bunch of, a bunch of people, he's going to mm-hmm. go into every state and get the plurality. Every state. Trump would walk right. away with the nomination. Right. Unless you Clearly. could get the, the, you know, the heavyweights to rally around a person and then, you know, possibly do it that way. Well, and then kneecap Trump like they kneecapped Bernie every way they possibly could. Um, They might be changing who's on the $20 bill. How do you feel about Harriet Tubman on a $20 bill instead of Andrew Jackson? Currently, we have all white males on our money. The USA Today asked people how they feel about it. I don't. Do you have an opinion on this before I start? 
I don't feel very strongly about it, honestly. Andrew Jackson is a pretty complicated figure, fascinating human being, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, complicated. A lot of great positives, a lot of pretty awful negatives. And and a lot of uh, attitudes and policies that, judged from the present, are repugnant, but I will not engage in presentism. What's Harriet Tubman's claim to fame? She was a major figure on the Underground Railroad, helping uh, slaves uh, sneak their way to freedom. Uh, a, a hero of great uh, courage and intelligence and cleverness. So, 47% strongly support or somewhat support Harriet Tubman being on the 20 instead of Andrew Jackson. Uh, strongly or somewhat oppose adds up to 26, so that's a pretty clear win there. Then you've got uh, don't know, 5%. Uh, I, I don't know. Who now? On and, the what? And then uh, I, I often mock the no opinion on uh, some issues, but not on this one, because I'm a no opinion also. 22% are no opinion. Second biggest number on the chart is no opinion. I, I don't care. Put whatever you want on the money. I don't care. Yeah, I don't, like I don't I look say, at the people on my money that much. I I read uh, American Lion, the great Andrew Jackson autobiography. Uh, rather, John Meacham. Uh, turn, Pulitzer Prize was, winner. He was not a lion. I was misled. Oh, you were um, hoping for him to become a lion at some point. Well, I he never thought did. a lion had been the president, which is, you know, really <laughs> exciting. Why wouldn't you want to read that book? Yeah, but I did, and he's, he's not a lion. Uh, <laughs> very complicated man. So I don't have a strong opinion. Now, Lincoln, uh, Jefferson, Washington, uh, Ben Franklin, any of the pivotal figures of our founding i have an extremely strong opinion about taking them off the money i don't care in whose favor how about replace ben franklin with oprah winfrey you're against that <laughs> yes yes i am against that oh speaking of media figures that repugnant that terrible that troubling and dangerous hearing took place in congress yesterday where Democrats were trying to defend the letter they'd written to a dozen cable, satellite, and streaming companies, trying to get them to de-platform any conservative voices. Just vicious stuff. I'll tell you a little bit about how that hearing went. Also, Uh, Lady Gaga's dogs are missing, and there's a half-million-dollar reward? (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. As I mentioned, Lady Gaga's dogs are missing. The reason this story got my attention was uh, the headline was and is a bunch of different places. Half million dollar reward for Lady Gaga's missing dogs. Her two French bulldogs were stolen last night when her dog walker was shot. The two, the two French Bulldogs, blah, 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 $500,000 reward for the dogs, blah, blah, blah. Lady Gaga very upset about her missing dogs, blah, blah, blah. The kind of dogs they are, how much she misses her dogs. And they just move on from the fact that her dog walker was shot. And it's all about how much she loves her dogs and the half-million-dollar reward for, pick, for finding the, the dogs. What? Maybe uh, I don't want to focus a little more time on the whole dog walker being shot part of it, too. Yeah, do they have any idea? I mean, were they like crazy valuable How dogs about a reward and they think for... they were robbed? Or I don't know. How about a reward I mean, yeah. for finding the gunman that shot your dog walker and getting the dogs back? Wow, that's weird. It is weird. That's crazy. You know what else is crazy? This story. Some couple really? of guys jumped out of a car, shot Lady Gaga's dog walkers, and took her dog. Obviously, it was a, a planned deal. Oh, my gosh. 
That's that's bizarre. Yeah. It's insane. It's dangerous. Where was that? Law. What lawless hellhole was that? Vegas? I think it was Law. Hmm. Well, lawless hellhole. Los Angeles. Mm. So we need your help in this. You really need to be aware of this. You need to join the fight. The fight against destroying the culture of free speech. We're fully aware around here. We've said it many times. The First Amendment says Congress shall pass no law abridging the right to free speech, etc. Well, religion, right to assemble, and the rest of it. But it's about Congress. But if we allow the culture of free speech to be destroyed, then the law will follow. And they held a, uh, a really loathsome hearing in Congress yesterday. Two Democrats, in particular, Anna Eshoo of California and Jay McInerney, also of California, there's a shock. Um, they defended a letter that they'd sent to a dozen cable, satellite, and streaming companies in which they asked in threatening tones whether they would continue to carry Fox News, One America News Network, Newsmax, and other places. And Congresswoman Eshoo, <clears throat> in defending the letter, said, The First Amendment, my friend, starts with four words. Congress shall make no laws. So those of you who may not read the letters, I suggest you do it. They asked what moral or ethical principles, including those related to journalistic integrity, violence, medical information, and public health, do you apply in deciding which channels to carry or when to take adverse actions against a channel? And again, clearly threatening. And I loved some of the responses. Uh, Kathy uh, McMorris-Rogers, who's a Republican from Washington, one of the few, top Republican on the committee, said, this is a dangerous escalation. Uh, let's see. Combating disinformation is a shared goal, but we do not want to follow the lead of authoritarian countries. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Eshoo said she saw no First Amendment red flags in the letters whatsoever and said they were merely asking questions. Now, uh, Jonathan Turley, the law professor who criticized the letter as an assault on free speech, said a couple of things that I found great because he said, well, I'll just read a couple of statements. Making a statement and putting a question mark at the end of it doesn't change the import of a statement, he said, noticing, noting that the letter was focused on right-leaning outlets. And he also said, um, where is it? i got to scroll down. He said uh, what he was describing is that if Congress has the right to regulate these companies, and is writing threatening letters to them based on their exercise of the First Amendment, the idea that they're not impeding First Amendment rights is laughable in the real world. How crazy uh, would it be? Saying that. And what would the coverage be if Republicans were saying to these carriers, are you going to continue to carry MSNBC and their misinformation about the election of Donald Trump being due to the Russians? Are you going to continue to carry this uh, misinformation? We're just asking. Right, exactly. Uh, How do you decide which to go ahead and cover when they're clearly guilty of the things we have said in this hearing in Congress we are against? And by the way, this same committee will be regulating you next week. So anyway, why do you still have uh, MSNBC on? I mean, that is just that is a shocking disregard for the First Amendment and the free exchange of ideas. So reject this stuff. Reject just at every turn, whether it's lefties or righties or whatever, the idea that because I disagree with you, I'm going to silence you. Thank you for aiding in the effort.
Um, we got a number of texts about the whole uh, Asians being attacked in the streets, particularly older Asian people, various places around the country, and how it's been going on for years. And it's not a new phenomenon, and it's certainly not a white nationalism because Trump said China virus. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't claim I know what it is. I just know what it's not. Uh, Is there a thing among young black men and attacking older Chinese people? And what drives it? There would seem to be something driving it. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. Uh, we received a letter from a recently retired prosecutor in the Bay Area of California who said this has been going on for years and years and has nothing to do with Trump. They're just easy victims. I don't know if there's a racial component to it, too, but you have some really tough neighborhoods living right next door to Chinatown in a couple of big cities, and some of the tough guys from those neighborhoods, they see easy victims in the ancient, uh, you know, the old Chinese people. But it's terrible. The idea of assaulting a senior citizen, knocking him down, hurting him, and robbing him, we all ought to be against it. And the fact that the media indulges themselves in creating this half-unspoken hint that, yes, it's because of Trump saying China virus, and it's clearly lily-white people wearing MAGA hats who must be doing it. They don't state it, but they imply it. What do we know about Tiger Woods' legs? Uh, Still broken. Okay. Nothing Busted up. Nothing new? Not really. No, I actually checked as a big golf fan, but no. The um, long, long road to recovery has... I'm, 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 I'm saying positive stuff. His long, long road to recovery has, has just begun. I don't know very much about it. Can't imagine that he's ever going to be a pro athlete at any level ever again. He'll be lucky mm. if he can ride a bike with his kids. Yeah, well, yeah, he's got a huge long time of healing, then rehabbing, and then uh, arthritis and stuff yeah. is a thing with broken uh, joints or anyway, broken bones. Um, I participated in revenge bedtime procrastination last night. I don't know if you heard us talking about this yesterday, but it's kind of funny that we did this story and then I did it last night, which is probably why I overslept this morning. Um Revenge bedtime procrastination. I don't know why they had to give it that term, but it's it's it it's a cycle you get into where you're already tired, and then you work all day long, and then you go home and do the stuff you need to do, laundry, dinner, kids, homework, whatever. That's what I did last night. And then, out of a, a need to treat yourself, you waste time scrolling through the internet or flipping through channels or whatever, not really enjoying it, by the way, not really getting anything out of it. You're too tired and zonked out to like really enjoy it, but you do it anyway. It's like revenge against the day, and then you end up being tired again, and then you just keep that cycle going. Night after night? They call it revenge bedtime procrastination, and they recommend that you try to break the cycle and then not get back into it again, where you don't get tired where you want to indulge yourself with wasting time shopping for stuff you're never going to buy or watching shows you don't even like that yeah, sort of thing i guess i just i think we all need to feel like we had a little us time a little me time but it's before you close your eyes but it's counterproductive obviously i i uh, yeah not always but most of the time it is i didn't enjoy that really I didn't get any revenge on my day of being busy i didn't win i didn't win this battle I, I added to losing this battle. Now I'm even more tired the next day. I got no enjoyment out of that. I'm right. going to try to quit it, but I don't know if I can. 
might be unrealistic. Well, it's not an option for you, but you can, as you're going through your responsibilities in the evening, get more and more hammered so that you, you can't say you actually pass out. Stop the hammering! And, you know, you couldn't scroll through. You can't hold on to your phone. You actually stumble and fall onto the couch in sleep. Right. Sleeping Boom, good. Sleep. Sleep good, good, deep sleep. Daddy needs his medicine. That reminds me, we, we got on the topic last night of people who wear socks to bed. <laughs> and some people believe it gives you nightmares. That's an old wives' tale. And then we ended up on a Reddit forum where there are all kinds of people saying, yeah, if I if I sleep in socks, I have horrifying nightmares. <laughs> have you ever heard this before? Uh, I have not. I have missed that. <laughs> it, it's it, Some people sleep in socks with lotion inside them to keep their feet moisturized. That's how we got really? on the topic. They have yeah. dry feet? I never heard of this. Some people wear gloves with lotion inside them while they sleep at night. I could see that. Uh-huh. How often do you wash your feet? I mean, why are your feet dry? Who has dry feet? <laughs> Aren't dry feet a good thing? You don't want wet feet. I don't know, but Google nightmares from wearing socks when you sleep. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many people swear that it's just a torturous experience to sleep in socks. What? You feel like you're being attacked all night long. That's, that's, I've, that's, I've not had this... Uh, yeah, I, I'm just completely flabbergasted. I could no more sleep riding an elephant than sleep in socks, though. Not a chance. Oh, God, no. Not a chance. Nice and warm. Keep those piggies warm. Mm. Armstrong and Getty.